This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50 plus in your overall investment, tax, and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And you know what? As Canadian investors that have money to invest, today is a great place. Why is it a great place? Because of interest rates. Yes, high interest rates are good for you. Going to find out why later on in the show when I talk about what's happening with interest rates and then where are the best places that you can get high interest rates. And we're going to go over 10 of them that probably give you over 5%. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Plus, Dennis De Silva is going to join us because we want to talk about a particular sector that's uh, huge here in Canada. It's the resource sector and find out where the opportunities are. And it looks like going into the fall of this year, there's going to be some great opportunities in that particular sector. So stay right there. And we're going to talk about all of that later on in the show. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. You know, interest rates are hovering at their highest rates in more than two decades. For individual investors, this has been an unexpected blessing. And nobody seems to be talking about this in this kind of context, except us here on the show. You know, it's more expensive if you're a loaner, of uh, you're somebody that has to loan money, you have to borrow money now, than it was 18 months ago. And actually, you should have, um, you know, basically loaned money 18 months ago, because now it's very difficult but if you're refinancing your mortgage at this point, here's, here's the interesting point. If you're refinancing your mortgage, you can actually get more on one- and two-year GICs, which are insured and guaranteed, than you're paying on a mortgage right now. So cost of living is barely rising now. Labor costs for businesses are stable. Your stocks are paying you the highest dividends in years. And in the U.S., they're at record levels for the value of your, uh, your holdings. So when you look at all of these kinds of things, um, People are spending money. They're being able to spend, being able to go on trips more than ever. You know, I have research from the United States, and it's the same here for Canada. American households are earning an additional $121 billion on their investments annually. And on the other side, they're paying $151 billion more in payments on mortgages. So if you're somebody that has cash to invest... Higher interest rates are better, not worse. They're actually economic stimulus for certain kinds of households. You know, defaults are ultra low for what's happening in this particular cycle. Now, was a big worry for people who are investing in the banks. Large corporations are climbing out of their earnings recession. And you're actually hearing, in you know, in these last couple of weeks, all these companies that are giving you higher earnings and guiding you higher. That's an important point because you want to hear that they're making more money, but they're forecasting that they're going to continue to make money into the forward. And what you're seeing overall in the population is Gen X is kind of taking over for the uh, baby boomers. They're taking over the government, taking over corporations, and they're doing a good job right from the start. 
So like everything right now, I think it's a really great place, so you got to take advantage of it. In this particular market, this is a great thing to have higher interest rates, especially if you're retired. You know, I've talked to clients that had a lot of money in the 1980s, okay? And what I talked about was, you know, interest rates being 18, 19, 20%. And people who had money, they had their mortgage paid off. They had cash in the bank. They loved that era. And that's the same era that we're kind of in here today that we haven't had for, again, like for 20-something years. So all of a sudden, there's tons of money in the investment portfolio. And a lot of it, basically, that you're making today is risk-free in these types of fixed income, money markets, GICs that we're getting. So this is not at all a bullish take, but think about it. It's a great opportunity for you to invest. It's a great opportunity for you to be positive, not negative into these things. It's just overall, if you're somebody that's just going into retirement, it's a wonderful time to to lock in these kinds of rates that we haven't seen. And remember, I've been managing money for well over 25 years. We haven't seen these rates, and this is the easy way to make the money. So I've put together a guide, and if you'd like to call Dominique at one 891 2637 it's the top five places where you can get over 5% in your investments, okay? So just give Dominique a call, and it goes through all the different types of areas where you can invest. So I'm looking at companies that have dividends, companies that, that write cover calls, companies that uh, basically can loan you money in terms of uh, a bond, GIC rates, and we have all the top rates because we have this system that kind of scans through and gives us the best places that have all the rates that have CDIC insurance. So if you'd like to see that, it's uh, it's a top five places to get over 5% in your investments today. So if you'd like to get a copy of that, all you got to do, of course, on our show is call Dominic, 1-866-891-2637. That's one 891 2637 It's a great system out there. It's a great opportunity for you to invest your money in these fixed income. And now's the time to do it. Okay. On the other side of the coin though, what's happening with our resource sector here in Canada? Do you have money or uh, invested in mining, metals, gold, silver, copper, aluminum, uh, lithium is big topic here today. Are these viable areas to invest in? Well, stay right there because we have one of the top people in Canada. His name is Dennis De Silva, a friend of mine for over 20 years. He's going to be joining us here on the show to talk about all of those kinds of questions, and it's in a kind of an open forum. So stay right there. You're going to hear all about it. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. And joining us now is Dennis DeSilva, portfolio manager with the Middlefield Group. Hey, good morning, Dennis. Thanks for uh, joining us here on the show again. Good morning, Richard. Always a pleasure. Yeah, you know, it's um, been an interesting market here, and um, it's, it's been great if, you, if you're participating in the right sectors. That's for sure. If you, if you have that kind of, if you have your money invested in the right places, you know, it's a, it's a great place to be today. Well, we've always been advocates of active management, and I think... The last, call it almost year, has been a good example of that, where you you can't just be passive about it. You do kind of have to be aware of how things are evolving and be able to change with them. Yeah, because you you look at um, you know one sector that I was was interesting. You look around the world, tele you know telecommunication companies, telephone companies. <laughs> if you're sitting there, like they they've been there, they're they're big dinosaurs that haven't made any money. If you haven't made a move on that kind of thing. 
you know, you're, you're stuck in the mud and you have to look in different sectors. And that's why we wanted to have you come on the show here, Dennis, because we wanted to look at the resource sector. Because I think, you know, in our opinion, we, th- we think there's, there's real opportunity there and it's a big thing for Canada. Um, so what's your feeling on the sector in general? And then we'll talk about all the different parts of it. Yeah, it's a good segue in the sense that um, I think we were talking offline just about how I could break it up into kind of four sections if I wanted to between whether it's the precious metals dominated by gold versus, say, base metals dominated by copper versus energy and oil being the big component. And then I could look at FERTs, and they've kind of, in a weird way, through 2023, have been going in different directions. And they've some have found bottom, some continue to go sideways. Um, and so it's been an interesting dynamic in terms of how to weave yourself through it. Yeah. Um, you know, I I personally, um, in running some of the funds that I have, for example, the agriculture space in the FERT space, being potash and phosphate and nitrogen, kind of found its bottom in May. And, and I could argue it was an oversold space. But, you know, if you had been able to see that and position yourself for it, you would have probably seen about a 20% move in positions like Nutrien or CF Industries and so forth, which is a pretty nice return relative to the market over the last couple of months. Oh, yeah, for sure. The, you know, like, when you look at, like, if you have stocks, and we've been saying this on the show to a lot of people, Dennis, like, say you had the stock and it was $10 a share. Now it's down to $6 a share. You know, if it makes it to... $7 a share, look at the return that you're making. The $1 on $6 is a, is a big return, you know? It doesn't seem like much, but that's the where you got to invest in these kinds of things. Yeah, it, it does really require some level of patience and being able to get past some of our human tendencies. It's very hard sometimes for people to sell. It's always easy, to, I think, to buy. It's always hard to sell. And, you know, again, I, I hark back to the fertilizer space, and, and today's a good example. You know, Nutrien and CF reported yesterday, and yeah, nutrient last time I looked was down almost 3%. But in the context of, you know, I said to one of my colleagues, it's important to look forward and remember that Q2 was looking back. Yes. And what happened in Q2 that perhaps has some lingering impacts going forward and separating those things and saying, well, there's no reason nutrient, despite what's happening today, can't be higher in 12 months. And so my conviction still is I want to continue to own the name because I think the macro around fertilizers in general is improving, and Q2 is kind of the the bottoming out of that process. Yeah. And now you want to hold it going forward. Okay, so that's the um, fertilizer sector. What about, you know, the, you know, what's in the news a lot and where people have some interest is there, you know, people are just talking about electrification and batteries and so copper and lithium like what's the outlook for those are they tied to china or how, how do the how do they uh, move in the market yeah i mean i would break out um what, what we commonly call now especially here in canada critical minerals so copper being one of them lithium and nickel for example and i think there's two parts to it one is the short-term story is certainly dominated by uh, what happens in China. And I think anybody would argue the recovery for China out of COVID has been disappointing. It just is not recovering the way we would have hoped. And that has an impact on base metals because they typically are about 60% of the consumption. That is, they buy the raw materials and they refine them. Most of it, a lot of it gets done in China. And they also consume it there. Um, 
And then I think the second phase, which I think is more important from the perspective of, you know, long-term investing, which is electrification or decarbonization and what it means for, you know, more electric vehicles um, and reducing our carbon footprint. There's a big infrastructure build that's involved with that. You know, we talk okay. about the IRA in, um, in the U.S. program. Just think of what it requires, not just, you know, batteries and cars or storage facilities, but think of where you're going to plug in your car in the future. Let's call it 10 years, 15 years from now. You have to get the electricity to those points. So whether it's in a condo or in an office tower like ours or simply uh, down the road uh, plugging it in, at, uh, uh, I guess, a stop along the street where you park your car and go into a store or a restaurant. We are putting, we have to put electrification in areas that don't exist now. You know, the gas station 20 years from now will not be a gas station for gasoline. It'll be probably a conversion or uh, a hybrid between gasoline and electrification. So we have to put the infrastructure in place. And that requires a lot of copper for all of that infrastructure, primarily the wires that are going to run that electricity. Mm-hmm. So, like that that copper, if you know, if you're a Canadian centric kind of person, is, do we have good copper companies in Canada? You know, I, I wish we could say we have. Uh, you know, we don't have the Incos and Falcon Bridges that we had in the past, and those yeah. are primarily on the nickel side. But, you know, I would say, obviously, our, our champion is tech, and obviously it was the subject of a proposed takeover, a hostile one. And, and you kind of saw a lot of people come to the to the front and, and voice the fact that they were hoping tech could be a Canadian champion in the world, because it really is the, the main one with respect to base metals. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for example, we own tech. Um, I own a, a smaller cap or mid-cap called Capstone Copper, which is more of a growth story rather than just piggybacking on what's happening in copper. It also has a a fantastic growth story behind it. So there are multiple ways to play it. Obviously, you could play international like the Freeport McMorans of the world, but tech really is the, what I'll call the homegrown champion with respect to giving you that copper and nickel exposure, but especially copper, because that's where most of its growth is coming in the next couple of years. Yeah, that's for sure. So, yeah, those are two good ideas. Let's kind of skip gears a bit and go into uh, gold a bit now. Um, it seems like, from what I'm watching, I kind of see these spurts where it looks like these companies are going to do well, and then they pull back. And you get is it, it what you know what what makes that happen? Like I, it's frustrating to watch because it looks like these. You know, this, the companies particularly, you know, investing in the stocks, uh, you know, never mind the, uh, the commodity. But it seems like they, they go in fits and spurts where they, they look like they're going to move and then they pull back. They look like they're going to move. What's your, what's your, how do you see things? Yeah, it's certainly a frustrating trade on one side. But what I would say for people who are following the gold market in general is the battle right now for gold comes between inflation and rate hikes. And so whenever there's some sign, somebody said something, you know, one of the governors or whether it's the Fed chair says something at a meeting or speech that insinuates the rate hikes are done or going to end, you see gold show some strength. And then obviously the opposite when there's indications maybe from economic data that shows, oh, maybe we're not quite near the end. Why why would would gold go up? Sorry, Dennis. to interrupt. Why does gold go up if interest rates are going to go down? 
Well, gold goes up uh, or gold goes down when interest rates are going up because it's it's a zero carry. It doesn't pay you a yield. Okay. So its cost of holding it goes up. If interest rates go up, okay, and really, it really is the more of the connection has to do with real interest rates, not nominal interest rates. And real interest rates have been going up significantly over the last eighteen months. So, for gold to go up on a more sustainable basis, people need to think: okay, the end is near. We're not going to see higher real rates or nominal rates. Okay, that's and, good, and that's why you kind of see that relationship. Okay, yeah, it's interesting, like, but. but what what usually moves? So does does the commodity of gold have to go up first, and then the gold stocks will move, or do they kind of anticipate on their own? Yeah, you know the gold space is very small from a market cap perspective. If you put it all together, it's ten percent, or you know, it's a tiny piece of Apple's market cap, for example. So. It, it that's a good thing from the perspective of when there is money flows it can significantly move these stocks because of how small the space is in general. Uh, as much as we think, oh, Gold Corp is, or Barrick is very big or Newmont, they are tiny relative to, obviously, S&P companies. So flow of money is important. Uh, but typically, for those stocks to go up on a sustained basis, you need to have the market believe Gold is going from, let's call it 1930, it's going to go to 2050 or 2100 or 2150. And that's okay. kind of the new benchmark or the new level of where gold will be. So do you, so you just wait, we need it to break out here. That's that, I guess that's the point before you, you know, enter. Yeah, yeah. you know, I am, I'm very encouraged by the fact that as much as it sounds so boring, gold has been able to remain resilient against rising rates a strong, broad market, and the U.S. dollar that has been recovering from recent lows. So those are normally negative things for gold. And the fact that it stays on the cusp of breaking through 2,000 U.S. an ounce is quite impressive. So you could imagine when we get to the end of the rate hikes, and you can argue maybe there's one more, and if the broad market starts to go a little more sideways, you know, you can argue the breadth has not been there, so there's concerns about the overall market. Or if we do eventually hit a light recession in the second half of this year, those are all positives for gold. So it's kind of on the cusp, I think, of breaking out as any one of those factors come through. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a couple of any names that you like uh, particularly here? Look, Agnico Eagle has always been kind of the go-to name if you want to remain Canadian-centric, and it has been consolidating more and more around Canadian assets. So I think that really is the bellwether in terms of quality of management, having jurisdiction in Canada, again, kind of the Canadian champion, if I'll call it, for gold in Canada. I want to talk about energy, so if you can come back next week, maybe we can have a little talk about what's happening in the oil patch out in Alberta. That would be my pleasure, Richard. All right. You take care, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay, that was Dennis De Silva. He's a lead manager for the Middlefield Flow-Through Funds and a portfolio manager there with uh, Middlefield Group. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. The distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by the Middlefield Group.
Okay, we have about two minutes left. And uh, remember, Dennis is going to be coming back next week to talk about the oil and gas sector. It's, uh, it's an area where, you know, this year... Uh, it's been down compared to what, what else, other sectors that have moved up, but it's given you some great opportunities. We're going to want to hear all about that and where he finds some, uh, you know, great value there today. We also have our handouts. So we have the uh, top five uh, income vehicles that are available for you to invest in today. Plus, last week we talked about dividend growth and a dividend growth portfolio, and it's called uh, Why Dividend Growth is a Timeless Strategy. If you weren't listening to the show last week and you'd like to get that, Again, on our show, of course, all you got to do is give Dominique a call. She has all the goods. It's 1-866-891-2637. That's 1-866-891-2637. She can send you out those handouts. And next week, we're also going to have Stephen Dench on. We wanted to talk about, you know, what's happening globally, what's happening outside of Canada and the United States that we're hearing about. Is there some areas in the world where there's some great opportunities today besides uh, Canada and the United States, and he's a, a leading portfolio manager in that sector. So that's going to be important to find out where opportunities are there. And we also have a new handout that we've just put together, and it's called uh, 10 Mistakes That People Make on um, Wealth Transfer Strategies. So that has to do with uh, estate planning and uh, how you deal with your beneficiaries, how you deal with a spouse to minimize the tax, uh, how to make sure you have uh, beneficiary designations all up to speed there. So all of those things we're going to talk about next week. So next week is going to talk about oil and gas, investing outside of Canada, United States, globally, and then wealth transfer, all kinds of information here on Primetime Money. So make sure you join us. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you next time right here on Primetime Money. I'm Richard Infantino. See you next time. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.